All right, good morning, everyone. Today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021, and we're just going to get right into it because there's a lot to cover, not just having to do with Biden, just so you guys know ahead of time, so you don't think, oh, he's only going to talk about Biden this episode. So let us get right into it. Now, to start off with, Biden got inaugurated. So contrary to a lot of the different theories and all that, he got inaugurated, it's done, it's over. Looks like it's time to move on. Simple as that, right? And for those who don't and those who want to go and and start a third party or something like this in a peaceful manner, by all means, by all means. Now, so he got inaugurated. The next thing is that um, he signed a bunch of executive orders reversing Trump's Muslim ban, funding for the border wall, pretty much everything that Trump did when he got in four years ago to reverse Obama era things, Biden put back in. He went back into the Paris Climate Accord, did a bunch of, I think... It was something like 13, 14 executive orders, not to mention a bunch of other legislative things that he signed. Um, when it's an executive order, obviously, it goes right through pretty much and it takes into effect immediately. The question is how realistic those effects will be. But again, it's, it's his first, not even f- second, like, you know, first f- full 48 hours technically or 24 hours, actually. So let's just give him some time anyways. But the next thing is that... Uh, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with what was going on last night. And again, the whole thing is that if you don't like it, don't watch it, which is very simple. And I agree 100 percent. But this whole thing of like, you know, all these celebrities that were performing last night, like um, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, Demi Lovato, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, all of them, you know, at J-Lo. I got nothing against that. But if they're trying to use these celebrities to lure more people in, uh, like more regular people like you and I. Personally, and I could be very wrong, guys. Tell me if I'm wrong. But personally, I don't see the attraction as the, the same as it was like 10, 15 years ago. You know, if 10, 15 years ago, if a politician of any kind got, you know, Jay-Z or any singer of any kind, musician, uh, to come play for them, it, it brought in more people. But clearly, we saw that that didn't work when Hillary Clinton did that back in 2016, right? And so I think ever since then, it's kind of been this down, downward spiraling effect where people just don't care they're like listen if you think celebrities are going to get us to like that politician that's bringing in those celebrities good luck with that now i'm not saying that because biden's in right now i'm saying that regardless i'm like trump when he brought out like lil pump at his rally to me that was like okay whatever like lil pump endorsed him and then whatever you know what i mean it's not gonna make me like trump more i know the whole thing is that it looks good and you know there's people behind either political campaign or party or candidate but you know what i mean guys like i'm just saying it just doesn't It doesn't work like it used to. At least that's what it seems. The next thing is that this is important. Janet Yellen, who's now the former chair of the Federal Reserve, but Biden appointed her to be in charge of the U.S. Secretary, uh, Treasury, sorry, Secretary of Treasury. She said that Bitcoin should be curtailed because it's mainly used for illegal funding and transactions. Now, my God, I, I personally, I think there's so many things wrong with that statement. I think that That could be partly saying that, you know, the fear of Bitcoin and blockchain technology. The whole thing is that it's terrible unless major institutions and organizations around the world can get control of it and harness it. Right. So, again, marijuana was terrible until governments, some governments around the world figured out how to profit from it. You're always going to have the black market. So people will always be using cryptocurrency, not just Bitcoin, but cryptocurrency to transfer illegal funds and do illegal things and stuff like that. I get that. But it's the same thing. It's like, to me at least, unless I'm missing something, that's like saying just because, you know, cash is used in drug deals, does that mean we should ban cash? You know? 
at the end of the day, it's always, she can't be using that one, that's just one piece of the pie in an argument there, so to speak. And I'm not saying that because I'm a staunch supporter of any type of cryptocurrency. I am skeptical. However, I'm leaning at this moment and my mind could always be changed. I'm leaning more towards the fact that this is a very good thing in many ways, unless it gets taken over and controlled by the government, obviously, or by, you know, the UN or something. And then it just becomes another global currency. And then it just, it, it's a mess if, if, the, if it goes down that way, right? Next thing is that the mainstream media is comparing Biden's team. By the way, I'm going to get this Biden stuff out of the way so we don't have to talk about it in the whole episode. But the, the news is comparing Biden's team to Trump's pretty much. So like what, what his team's already done, his administration, all that stuff. I think it's not so much about comparing to the previous administration. Because, I mean, yes, they did compare Trump to the Obama administration, but not often. I think it's because, and I think I'm bang on, regardless if you like Trump or not, the guy gets ratings, the guy gets views, the guy gets clicks. And now that he's gone, they're kind of clinging on to whatever that rating spike had. And I'm not just talking about the mainstream media outlets. There's a lot of YouTube channels that do, you know, live streams and stuff that I like very much that you notice already in the last 24 hours, their views have decreased because the whole thing was like between specifically between 2018 and now between the midterms and now it was all about, you know, Trump is fighting and he's resisting. Right. And so people were interested to see, interested to give their take, interested to comment and things like that. There's still a substantial amount of people watching, don't get me wrong, but that whole thing of Trump dying out, especially now that he's banned from social media, I think overall that was a bad thing for the news outlets because now they're not going to sell as many newspapers, as many covers, as many articles, as many. they're not going to get as many clicks, and they just got to accept that because from 2015, from the second he came down that escalator up until yesterday, literally yesterday, the headlines for Trump were nonstop, and the guy... He was right when he said that Trump was right when he said that he was the golden goose because it's true whether you like him or not people are still watching they're either watching to hate on him either watching to support him or watching just to get an understanding of what's going on right but now that he's gone again it's kind of ironic right they hate him so much but they love him for the ratings. The next thing is that Bernie Sanders memes of how he was sitting down at the inauguration with his legs crossed looking all like stale and not pissed off but just you know whatever like straight faced. Uh, It went viral all over the internet, so that's kind of funny. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, The next thing is that Biden said his first foreign call is going to be to Trudeau, which is the leader of my country. Okay, great. That's going to be a boring call. Uh, Many experts in the UK are saying that the lockdown isn't working because they're saying now they've recorded their second consecutive day with the highest COVID cases and deaths ever in the UK. It's either... Look, uh, this is why I didn't bring up the virus yesterday, because it's like it's being covered so much that it's gotten to the point where unless there's something super major, I don't want to cover it all the time. Look, assuming it's real. And I got to say that for as you guys know, I've said a few times for YouTube, assuming it's real and I'm taking both positions on this. Because there's some crazy stuff out there that people have fallen for over the years that have gone into the minds of the masses. But it's either assuming it's real. It's either that people are not listening or there's not enough enforcement, or literally the lockdowns don't work because the stronger strains are spreading in some other way. But the problem is there's so much misinformation combined with real information. We ourselves don't know, or at least I don't know at the very least. Maybe you guys might. I don't know what's real and what isn't. And I'm serious when I say you guys might because for those of you who take more time out of your day to look into things or have some type of experience or a friend that could give you some insight, it always it always helps, right? The next thing is that Antifa attacked a Democrat headquarters, uh, Democratic headquarters in Portland, apparently tried to burn it down, allegedly. Um, 
this could be some right wing kind of thing, just trying to jab at Antifa. However, Antifa has been known to be violent in New Jersey. They're classified by Homeland Security as a domestic terrorist organization, which is interesting that it's just in New Jersey. Um, again, and not in places like Oregon, Portland, you know. And so, and I'm not just talking about Antifa. We're talking, we talk about both extremists. Any extremist group is not good. Like at the end of the day, let's put it like that. Whether it's freaking Al Qaeda, ISIS, the far, far right, the far, far left, not good, not good at all. So again, that's interesting. Now, there's something else I want to talk about as well too. Has to do with uh, China. So a couple things. China locked down 1.7 million people again in Beijing. I don't know how long that's going to go for. Not sure to be honest with you. However, the more important thing is that. Actually, a couple things. They then slapped sanctions on Mike Pompeo and a lot of other Trump administration officials. I mean, they were going after China hard, and I guess they're kind of saying, listen, now that you're out of office, you know, you're going to get what you deserve sort of thing for coming after us. But look, there's a lot of perspectives to take on China here. Like, there's a lot of things they're doing. But again, what we're noticing here, and I'm not defending China, just like I always say, I'm not defending Russia, but I'm a big fan of the West. But at the same time, we have to look and say, okay, China seems to be the new, um, I guess we could call enemy or adversary, because you always have your main ones, your main powerhouse countries like Russia and all that. And then you have your small ones that are like, you know, the, the crazy third world countries like North Korea, Kim Jong-un, right? But the focus seems to be going from Russia to China now. Now, of course, the whole idea is to create multiple adversaries or enemies to give the illusion. And some of it might be real. I'm not going to lie. A lot of the threats, I'm sure, are real. But there's fake ones to give the illusion that, you know, you're being attacked on both sides. Like, for example, that big Russian hack that occurred that they said they found about a month ago and it came, it infiltrated their systems of multiple agencies back in March. Was that hack really real? And I'm not saying that to, because I, I want Russia to be innocent. I don't care if they're guilty or innocent. I'm saying that because we have yet to see proof. And the whole thing is like, okay, how do you prove someone hacked into a system? You're going to show the public lines of code? Yeah. Show us lines of code. And for those who understand it, we'll tell everybody else. Simple as that. You want to make maybe make some of it public so you can get some, some type of public organization access to it. So independent uh, institutions can look at it. And even then, we have to question, are these independent institutions being paid off to say a certain thing? Again, like I said, I, I, I love the West, but it's got a lot of problems, and that's one of them, right? Money being the fact that it can essentially buy anything and everything. Now... The next thing is that Twitter locked the account of China's U U.S. embassy in the U.S. for their tweet on Yin Yang, I believe. Jin, yeah, Yin, I'm sorry if I butchered that. Saying that Uyghur women were no longer, quote, baby-making machines, end quote. And I apologize if I butcher the word Uyghur or Uyghur. I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, finally, it's about time that Twitter does something in favor of the United States. And I'm serious, because whether you're on the left, whether you're on the right, or you're a centrist or independent, what have you, when we look and we see that Twitter is trying to follow some type of globalized, centralized policy, it doesn't work. So why is it that when they censor people in the West, they say, oh, we're trying to abide by the rest of the rules of other countries, but then other countries have strict rules against certain things not coming up on Twitter and on Twitter's feed, just in that specific country, and Twitter goes, yeah, no problem, we'll abide by it. So you're disrespecting the same country that you were even allowed to be started up in. You get what I'm saying? And Tim Poole mentioned this on Joe Rogan's show with uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and his lawyer Vijay Gad, but a year and a half, two years ago, I believe it was. And he's right. And and Jack Dorsey's CEO said, he, the CEO of Twitter, he said, he goes, globalized 
central policy, pretty much meaning rules for websites that apply all over the world no matter what, doesn't work. Because different countries have different cultures, have different views on things. Right. For example, terrible example, terrible example, but I'm going to use it. China is literally murdering and slaughtering and harvesting organs of Christians, Muslims, Uyghurs, Uyghurs, you name it. Right. And so when you see that, you'd think, okay, on a public level, that would not go on in the U.S. or in the West. That wouldn't be allowed. Right. Or at least not as extremely as they're doing in China. And so I can understand. I can understand why Twitter locked it. Good. Because finally, for once, they're doing something in favor of the West. I mean, I'm not... I mean, look, Twitter's made mistakes, and I'm not trying to say they got to be perfect. But just like anything, those Senate hearings, those congressional hearings, they don't do anything. All they do is show that big tech has control over politics. They donate to both to both sides so that whichever side comes out on top, you're still in, in favor of it. Maybe you donate a little, little bit more to one side, a little bit more to the other every so often. But at the end of the day, you're still hedging your bets, so to speak, right? The next thing is that 900,000 Americans, according to Fox Business, filed for unemployment benefits last week. Look, it, it gets worse before it gets better. That's all I can say, right? Um, and those are the people that we know about. We don't know about the people that are not registered in the system and things like this. So it gets worse before it gets better, and that's always the case. And m some people might say, you know, Dave, that's a bit of a cop-out answer. Okay, that's a cop-out answer uh, because... Um, you're pretty much saying that, you know, if it keeps getting worse or it keeps staying the way it is, you're just going to keep saying that phrase until it gets better. But at the end of the day, we'll see it coming. We'll see, you know, the, the, the light over the horizon, so to speak. And, you know, that's a metaphor, obviously. But the question then becomes, is that even realistic right now? It's hard to say. It depends where in the world, what your job is, what industry you're in. It's very, very uh, contextual, so to speak. The next thing is that there were twin suicide bombings that hit the heart of Iraq's capital with 28 confirmed dead so far. Uh, that's actually the last thing. Well, look, this comes down to the question. Um, this comes down to the question of should the U.S. and the powerhouses of the world like Russia and all that in China interfere in Middle Eastern issues, because the whole point is, you know, it's a humanitarian crisis. We don't want people dying. The question then becomes with the UN and, you know, the, the, the NWO agenda and all that stuff. Um, and I'm not trying to get conspiratorial about that. I'm just saying the question then becomes, should countries interfere? Because, you know, Trump's whole thing was, no, we should get out of the Middle East. It, unless we're going for the oil, we should get the hell out. That was Trump's thing. Other people say, well, you know, we have to have a diplomatic approach. We have to do things like, you know, reach our hand out to whatever groups or tribes or governments or organizations are leading these countries and say, listen, this type of stuff has to stop. Ultimately, I don't know enough about the Middle Eastern history, even though I know a fair amount, but I don't know enough to comment on this. I do want to say that it's very terrible what's going on. Nobody could deny that. Um, but again, the question then becomes that I think everyone asked, we have to have a discussion on, which is, should other should the US and the West, or maybe Russia and all that, interfere in the Middle East? Russia seems to only do things when it benefits them, and that, that's that's a result of Putin's ideological uh, perspectives, which is fine. It's his, he's running the country, he could do what he wants, right? So, okay, the question then becomes, should the US get involved? They've always been known to be the powerhouse, the big brother of the world, always trying to push their agenda, either publicly or secretly all across the world. So it, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But anyways, to sum it all up, I'm sure there's some other news out there, but all of it is being covered up with Biden, Biden, Biden all around the world. 
pretty much everywhere so with that being said we're gonna let it roll over for a couple days let it die out the whole excitement of the biden thing probably gonna be another week or two before the the media really calms down about it but um again it is thursday we don't do these episodes friday and saturday we do it sunday to thursday and that's because sunday morning i like to do just a nice fresh recap of what happened thursday uh, night friday and then saturday right so thank you guys so much for watching or listening today and we will catch you for the regularly uh, scheduled episode later today which i think you'll like it's uh, gonna be super interesting so cheers